0: Log Talk Radio.
1: heavenly father father god we thank you for the days that we are in right now we thank you for the trials the tribulations father i praise you for the scriptures that you've given me to console me although i admit and my human and in my flesh i um i struggle with um being able to relate to them uh because i while your scripture says that tribulation we should be joyful while we're going through it uh, and that it you know brings forth perseverance it brings forth patience and it brings forth hope uh and and ultimately changes us into uh, a greater level of sanctification i would i would estimate uh, and clearly your chastening it says in hebrews uh, is unpleasant to go through but a good thing that you are loved by God so much that He would chasten you. And Father, we just praise you for for all these things. We just we just ask you to continue to help us to walk through the various trials and tribulations and struggles that many of us are going through. Um, as some of us are not. And Father, I just want to say thank you and praise you for every single person that listens to this program and every every single person who, uh, considers prayer to be a holy and, uh, unbelievably powerful uh, mandate, really, that we've been given through your scripture. We thank you, Father, for uh, helping us to endure the various challenges that we are going through at any given time, uh, and we ask you to pour out extra grace upon each of us so that we're able to handle uh, the hardships. like Jesus would uh, and like Jesus did help us to become more and more like you Lord Jesus we pray help us to be able to take things in stride help us to not think that that the things that you know the the, the comforts that you have given us in our lives our dwelling places our uh, the beds that we sleep in the things that we uh, have become so attached to uh, in in your benevolence uh, throughout our lives are going to be necessarily a permanent fixture until our departure and be able to understand that there may be fantastic I mean really sacrifices that we have to make that are so to even think of them would keep us up for weeks at a time. We wouldn't be able to sleep. It would just be a, a tremendous burden emotionally upon each of us to consider some of the uh, change dynamics that may be required of us in the days to come. On the flip side of that, though, Father, that maybe they won't. And and and. But there is no promise in your Scripture that, that suggests anything other than that we would have to go through noteworthy trials and tribulations uh, in our journey, uh, but of course, without being able to, sporrow, your scripture, you know, of course, cannot specify each. And every individual's journey and the and the difficulties that they may have to go through father, I also want to praise you for the praise reports that I've been receiving from uh some uh and uh and 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 the amazingness of them uh i you know i it's uh you're an awesome father and you know we we have to Constantly, continuously look to our fellow brothers and sisters and see and experience and become part of their joy uh, to weep with those who weep and to rejoice with those who 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 are rejoicing at any given time and Father, we just thank you for those suffered physical pain. and there's a respite that's been given to them and that pain has subsided hallelujah or uh, trials and tribulations associated with the way that husbands are treating wives or wives are treating husbands or behaviors that are destroying families father in Christian homes and we just thank you father for those that those situations that that through prayer and over time with patience and perhaps some rowing of the boat away from the rocks we uh, and with an anointing that could be nothing less than heavenly. Father, we just thank you for those um experiences in our lives through those testimonies to encourage those of us who have not been so blessed yet uh, to believe in our hearts that maybe even we can come to a place someday maybe uh, where we are not under the um, uh, immense uh, intensity of uh, trials and tribulations uh, that we perhaps are at at this time and we just you know if I'm Father, it's 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 an incredible mixture. I mean, it really is. It's an incredible mixture. And to be a part of so many different anointed, blessed, kind, loving brothers and sisters, to also be in a place in my walk where many of them, not all, but many of them communicate with me. And they let me know the things that they're going through with their families, their homes, um, their jobs, um, their health, or people or members of their family. And, you know, deadly health, deadly health issues, health issues that could very easily turn uh, just as slightly. uh, And uh, the loss of loved ones would be highly impactful uh, to the family that was left here on Earth. Father these are all very difficult things for us to 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 walk through uh very very difficult things for us to walk through and somehow we have to learn with your help and we pray for that anointing we pray for that grace in this case father i s i'm I'm perceiving grace as being actually a gift of a type um a a i don't know how to even articulate it other than to suggest that that it's like a supernatural blessing that is placed upon our hearts that allows us to go through really unbelievably and you know such difficult times that we cannot express it any longer and it just sounds like we're whining and crying and being just like the israelites were when they were kicked out into the desert which of course would result in us limiting you. Again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. And why so? Because they criticized, they condemned, and they complained. And it's so difficult, Father, for us to walk through this journey and experience not just one major problem, but three, four, eight major problems all bearing down on us at I, you know, the exact same time. And um, I suppose, Father, you're testing our limits. I suppose, I, I don't know, but I, I can only expect that you're testing our limits to some degree and you are preparing us for the days that we have ahead of us. And as part of those, the testing of our limits, we are also having to adjust how we think, learn to trust you more. And prepare ourselves for worse times that maybe even are more horrific than we could even imagine happening to us. Um, But then on the flip side, maybe not. We just don't know the answer. But what it definitely does do, Father, is it puts us all in a situation where we are forced to trust. We are forced to trust. Because if, if we don't, I mean, if we don't trust you, then how do we sleep? If we don't trust you, then how can we function? Because there really isn't an, you would have to be a very dull-witted person to not be sensitive to, to the ramifications of some of the pressures that are being dumped down upon us, and the threats and the inevitable um, increases in cost of living. Many people cannot afford their groceries. Many people cannot afford, uh, across the world cannot afford their heating bills. Many people are being forced into a situation where in the worst possible job market the world has ever seen, that that they have to go out and try to find jobs. And. Um, it, it, it really is not possible to, to eloquently um, discuss or even – it's hard to even pray about these things many times, Father, because they're just too – there's too much of it. There's just too much of it. Um, and we don't want – we want to come to a place of trust. We want – we desire it. We pray in Jesus' name, O oh, Heavenly Father, God, Abba, Father, please teach us. Teach us what we need to learn to be able to trust. Teach us to be able to re- revel or, re- or just um, surround ourselves with the joy of our fellow brothers and sisters who have had a breakthrough, an amazing breakthrough. Help us to be able to look back, Father, we pray that you will teach us to remember the things that you have brought us through in our past. A lot of many of which, many of those things of which would have been disastrous if you had not come through. And sadly, it is that sad it is that we, even at the time it happened, didn't give you the credit for it. We just thought it was a coincidence or we were lucky or whatever the case may be without realizing how your hand was directly involved in the saving of our lives. The saving of our welfare, the saving of our jobs, the progression of the of where you, where it is that you brought us to. Where it where are we now? We do not know. Where are we now, Father? All we know in our hearts is that we hope that we are very 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 close to our hopeful barley harvest departure. Our first watch, Barley Harvest Departure. It is bar none the absolute favorite thing for everyone that I speak to and probably everyone that anyone praying with us now speaks to, to refer to, is our departure. Many of us, Father, honestly, your prophets, the very, very few that I even pay any attention to anymore, very few, when they say that our departure is soon, we grasp onto that, hoping that that means next week. But deep down inside, we kind of feel in our heart—really, if we go, if we dig deep enough into our heart, we sort of know that it isn't going to be that soon, and that there's more of a journey ahead of us. Although we would rather not consider it, and we thank you, Father because as we even though it's happening at like death by 50,000 cuts unbelievably slow that it's like the it's it's like watching a turtle's ride right across you know an eight-lane freeway it really is the things that are happening across the world lord we thought were going to happen so much more quickly we talked about this for years father even some of the teachers that we have studied under I have studied under pointed to the first scripture in the book of Revelation where it says, And these things will shortly come to pass. And the meaning of the Greek were in you know rapid fire succession, shortly. That's what that meant. And um so of course to us, along with the prophecies that we've been collecting and reading. That suggests that these things will happen so fast that we can barely catch our breath between them. If we're in the midst of that, that certainly doesn't align with what most of our vision is for that speed. I would have thought we would have been way beyond martial law by now. I would have thought the Antichrist would have risen completely and taken over the White House by now. I would have thought some of the nuclear bombs would have happened by now. I would have believed long, long ago that these things would have been way behind us already. But they're not. History repeats itself. If Ecclesiastes 119 is the truth and things are in cycles and we are walking through those cycles even now. And if... The Scripture, as at its face value, not the deeper things that a lot of people like to talk about, like giants and such like that, but if we just look at as in the days of Noah and the idea that people will be giving and taking in marriage and one will be working in the field and the other one taken, one will be sleeping and the other one taken, all that. Father, it just surely seems reflective from your Scripture that this slowness that we're experiencing of the end times unfolding it's going to continue. It's going to continue. And so we have to brace ourselves for that and and learn to come to a place of, of total surrender, total acceptance. Continue to pray. Continue to have faith. And be okay. Be okay with whatever you decide. That's Satan. Whatever you decide, it is that we each need to go through. And we praise you for that, Father. It's hard sometimes. I'm, I'm admitting it to you right now in front of everybody. And maybe there are others that feel led to admit it to you as well. But it's real hard. And there are times when I feel like things that I can barely pray. I almost sometimes feel like, what's the point? I'm just, I'm confessing of my sins before you, Father, in front of everybody. And I know there are others that have felt like this, many of us. And I have the prophecies printed out, as you know, that say that uh, say something along the line that there's a short period of darkness that you will have to walk through and you will feel like I am not even there, but that could be nothing further from the truth, something along those lines. And we are clearly experiencing that in our walk even now. We know that you are at work in our, each of our lives, even as we pray now, even as we give you praise and thank you, Father, for the things uh, that, that we are having to go through praising you through trials and tribulations, praising you through things that were, quite frankly, astonished that are still pouring out uh, the ugly that is still being poured out upon us with no respite in sight. In fact, doubling up, getting worse, Uh, continuously getting worse, even amidst the prayers of many, which flies in the face of human common sense, but definitely does not fly in the face of your scripture. We thank you, Father, for teaching us through your scripture that we will endure many trials. We will endure much tribulation in our journey. We ask you, Father, for a precious anointing of grace to be able to handle it a little bit better each time another attack wave of ugly smashes into our lives help us to walk with that grace, believing in our heart more than anything that you're going to come to our rescue somehow through some kind of a miracle. And if not, to be okay with that too. Just like Job said in 13, verse 15, though he, my father, will slay me, yet, I will trust Him. Father, our existence is not here. Our origins are not here. Our hope is with You to live in Your house forever. We pray, Lord, that You will bring upon us, each of us, change. Change to be able to gracefully Calmly, peacefully, accept something that looks so horrible that we feel like Jesus did on the cross when he said, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? But at the same time knowing that you haven't, that none of us are forgotten. Each of us have a unique journey, and none of us simply will ever know why because that's not part of the divine plan for all of us as we go through the most difficult times the earth has ever seen. Teach us, we pray, to be able to feel the presence of your grace. Teach us, Father, we pray, to feel that sense of peace Teach us, Father, we ask you, please, to supernaturally nurture us in a, in a, in, in a manner that will bring us to utmost of trust in even the darkest of times with the greatest of losses, those which we cannot even fathom could happen to us. As we embrace the Scriptures, that suggests that it wouldn't happen to us. Yet at the same time, paradoxically, seeing scriptures that where Paul and his letters were writing about people being sawed in half, it is a paradox. It's a mystery. And I'm really not quite sure, honestly, it's a mystery that we are destined to understand, only to overcome. We thank you for the opportunity that you have given us with this these days. We do not understand it. And quite frankly, I don't think that I even want to understand it anymore. I just want to walk in your presence. I pray that each one of us wants to walk within your will to have that peace that comes only when we close our eyes, pray and praise. Surrender and be okay no matter what. For this journey was not intended for those of us, for whatever reason, we have no idea, for whatever reason it is that you chose us for these days. And The very idea that we might have even volunteered for it is beyond, far beyond our comprehension. But then on the other hand, what an advantage it is To be aware of these things. To be given a chance that so many millions, hundreds of millions of other Christians before us were never afforded. To be able to see the Bible reading as a newspaper. To be acutely aware of how deep we are into the end times. 1st We'll call it the first phase of the end times because of the end times, the really bad stuff is yet to come. The really bad stuff is the period of your wrath during the Great Tribulation. We thank you for delivering us from your wrath. We pray by we might be able to be chosen as part of the first watch in the barley harvest. And we ask you, Father, more than anything, as we go on this journey, imperfect, not always full of the grace that we ought to have, sometimes struggling and sometimes angry, but eventually realizing that you have our best interests in mind that there are adjustments to our feelings, our emotions, that need to be made perfect in your eyes for each of us. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Father, we also ask for peace to come upon people's hearts as they read headlines that are exaggerated, exaggerated, Where the author of the articles or the people that are writing them or whatnot are trying to sensationalize them, even though the end result will actually be that which they say in the article or suggest will happen. By virtue of them leaning on that information, such as Russia wanting to nuke us, we already know Russia's going to nuke us. We've known Russia's going to nuke us now for Like, what, 20 years? Praise your name. It's inevitable, but it isn't inevitable today. It's down the the road quite a long ways, actually. Give us peace, Father, and help us to realize that whatever it is that we're going through, the loss of our homes, having no place to live, the loss of our families, sometimes even failing health. As we've waited patiently for untold number of years, with untold numbers of promises from your prophets, that here we are watching the days go by, the months go by, the years go by slowly. We see the deterioration We see everything that you have prophesied coming to pass a piece at a time ever so slowly. But at least we're aware. And we do beseech you, Father, from the bottom of our hearts, please, to place in front of us those who would be able to accept the good news, which is that We're not from here, and we're not staying here. And that, Jesus, you are our first love. You are our hope. And you are the wind beneath our wings. Forever and ever. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Tonight is September the 23rd of 2022, the 27th of Alul, 5782. And the next holiday is Rosh Hashanah, September 26th of 2022. Praise God. Hallelujah. And tonight it is now 729 p.m. on the east coast of the United States of Babylon the Great. Praise Jesus. And together, not because we have to, but because we want to, we're going to light the Sabbath candles, and in my case I like to light three. One for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. All right, Amen. The Hebrew
0: Kadesh. Bore perihagatan. Barucha tadonai elohenu melechaholam. Asher kichanu bamitzvotav erat savanu. Vishabat kod inchilanu. Zikaron le maase vere hu Ki huyom techila le mikrae kodesh. Ze cheletiyat mitraim. Yivanu vacharta veotanu kiddashta mikol hamin. Veshabbat kod'shecha be'avah u'vratzon himchaltanu. Baruch Atah
1: Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place. For now is the time to arise and come away with me. For you are my dove, hidden in the split-open rock. It was I who took you and hid you up high in the secret stairway of the sky. Let me see your radiant face and hear your sweet voice. How beautiful and awesome your eyes are in worship and lovely your voices in prayer. You must catch those troubling foxes, those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship. For they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I've planted within you. Will you catch them and remove them for me? We will do it together. And Lord Jesus, we need you to help us now more than ever before. Amen. to share with you really quick. Um, Okay, now, I know how people are, and people are people, and we're all people, Um, and, um, and you know, people are, you know, I just know that there would be a sense of curiosity associated with what the um, straw that broke the camel's back for the Wednesday show was. Um, Now, I think each person, I, I just, you know, I had that kind of relationship with the listeners where I have, I don't have any pride. You know, I don't have any pride at all. If I screw up, if I dork up, I'm going to admit it openly. Um, But that really wasn't the case in this particular instance. It wasn't something that I did. What happened, so whether you're aware of it or not, what I can tell you, and if you're not aware of it, you are very, very blessed. Or, unfortunately, there is one other possibility. You're not as blessed as... Some might think that you are, in other words, you could be just be you could you know ignorance is bliss, and you 're the happiest person on the block in other words, if you 're no threat to the devil and you 're just kind of sustaining your life and going about your life as usual, and perhaps your walk with the Lord, maybe you 're in your seventies, maybe you 're entering into your eighties, and uh you 've gone through some really hard times you 've lost. You know, you've, you've held the hand of your husband or wife as they slowly passed away due to some type of deteriorating disease and where you've gone through some other really horrific things that I won't even mention because of how horrific they are. But perhaps you've suffered, God believes in his heart that you've suffered more than enough and you're in a continuous, you know, you're covered by the, his wings, you are being coddled by him and your journey is nearly over. And that's a blessing, especially if your walk with him is still strong. Praise God. So there's so many different dynamics and possibilities associated with each one of our plights, our challenges, our blessings, the place that we are in our walk. And you you can't articulate it. That's why why it's so common to have somebody say something like, well, you know, the Lord works in mysterious ways. I have always felt that was a little bit of a cop out. Um, I hunger and thirst to understand God. I hunger and thirst to understand the mysteries of the Lord. Well, this was one of the things that the Lord imparted upon my heart. Now, um, recently I've started to pay more attention to Wings of Prophecy, Sister Glenda Lomax, uh, because, um, I saw a trend whereby her the the prophetic words that the Lord was, was giving her were no longer ambiguous or kind of you know it, they there was you know th- there was that period of time between 2016 and roughly 2020 or so where I just wasn't getting it what I wasn't feeling that connection to the prophetic word that I had for many, many years prior to that, um, where I was collecting them, printing them out, highlighting key areas, making notes on them, creating folders for them, uh, saving copies of them in Word documents that are over 1,300 pages long. that i i just wasn't seeing it it wasn't happening there were a lot of disappointments there were some of the a list prophets that we've monitored on this program and played many of which the actual audio of for nearly 10 years and many of them were absolutely anointed prophetic words but there was this lull that occurred after 2016 where you know it, it just became very repetitive uh, we still see a little bit of that repetitiveness in regard to like you know, the day of the Lord's vengeance and such is upon us. I'm like, well, that's a repeat because that was prophesied back in 2015. So so we, we still see a few dynamics where, you know, but, but, you know, sometimes the Lord might want to repeat a particular prophetic word without the prophet trying to assign a date to it or something like that. You know, we don't know. All the things that are in play, um, you know, between the profit themselves, what they're going through, how much of, you know, there's so many things that can cause um dynamics to occur, Um, the way the person prophesies, what they think, how many people that they talk to, whether they hang out on Facebook, what are the comments that are being said on the YouTube page, whether or not they're interfacing with them, whether they're paying them any attention. You know, Elijah was an incredible prophet, but one of the reasons was that he didn't associate with any of the other prophets. So we don't really have a lot of that out there. (coughs) Excuse me. We have social media. And social media-driven pro- prophetic words are tricky business because not only because of everything that I shared with you in the program entitled How Satan Stops Our Prayers Combat in the Spiritual or Heavenly Realm, um, uh, not only because of those reasons, because if the prophet doesn't understand the dynamics that we we taught and shared on that program then they are also subject to to incorrectly prophesying wrongful things. Not because they're a false prophet by definition, but because Satan's armies have, you know, they weren't praying through, they weren't, you know, whatever it was, they just did not understand all the things that the Lord has blessed us with understanding in regard to how we need to pray. And they maybe occasionally fall victim as it, you know, covered in that white paper whereby uh, Satan's minions, demons, astral projecting entities that work on behalf of Satan, operating in the spiritual realm, intercepting our prayers, uh, fighting and uh, uh, with what's the word, restraining our angels, stealing our gift. Uh, You know, it's interesting, but our actual the answer to our prayers is actually seen by the demons. And the Satanists that are astral projecting in that realm, when they see our angels coming to us with the answer to our prayers, that if they can get a hold – think of it as as a gift. Think of it like maybe a glowing ball of light or something, and they're holding it in their hands, and they're bringing it through the spiritual realm down to give to you this this energy orb of supernatural, godly – uh, gift that is the answer to your prayers, whatever that may be, maybe you 're praying for a loved one, a, a behavior that they shouldn 't be doing that they are, whatever that may be, but when we fall short in our prayer lives for whatever reasons, maybe we 're going through some hell on earth really and and i can I totally understand that when i if I get beaten down enough. If I'm bleeding bloody and I can barely function, I have had maybe an hour and a half of sleep, pitching, rolling back and forth in my bed. I'm praying to God in tears, begging him for sleep, and and it's not coming. Um, And I know many of us have probably been through such nights. Now, when you start having them for weeks on end, it can be very health-damaging. It can also be mentally damaging. So it's physiologically damaging. I mean, it's, it causes cancer. I mean, it, it causes... Now, Now, if God's got you and you're protected, uh, you know, maybe not. But I'm just saying... It is so obvious. I mean, it's unbelievably obvious the amount of damage that continuous ongoing day after day, after day, week after week, after week, stress, intense stress can have on the human body, the human brain, all the things that God fearfully and wonderfully made us into in our human bodies. Okay. So, uh, now amidst all that I cannot help in my walk and 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 always in hopes of being able to help somebody else and wherever they are in in their lives and struggles and tribulations or blessings to to help them navigate the ambiguity of the kingdom walk because There isn't a single answer. This is why people say things like, God works in mysterious ways. There isn't a single answer that fits all of our individual situations. Only our Heavenly Father understands our hearts. Only our Heavenly Father understands that we're holding on to something in our lives. And maybe we even admit it to him. Maybe we say, Father, you know, I'm really accustomed to living in this home. I really like the comfort of my house. I don't want to leave it. And maybe God's kind of like, well, then you're idolizing it over me. You know, because it even says in the scripture, he who gives up, you know, uh, husbands and wives and houses, I believe it mentions in there, or dwelling places to follow after me will receive, you know, a hundred times the reward or something along that line without quoting it, you know, by paraphrasing it. None of us have any idea where God wants to bring us. Many of us have a, a an idea in our heart where we would like to be on the day of our death. We won't pass away uh, from something like, you know, you know, getting hit by a bus, you know, or whatever. That maybe we'll actually get to fly up in the air. I've I've noticed over the decades and such of my walk that whenever a Christian Um, who was looking forward to the rapture, ended up dying a natural death on Earth. They were always a little bit shaken. They were befuddled. They were blown away. They couldn't understand it. They they were like, I I can actually name names of people that we've had on the show as as guests that got diagnosed with a deadly disease uh, and ended up expiring in the hospital and and that they had even come forward publicly and stated that they – never in a gazillion years would have imagined that they were not going to be on the earth for the rapture. But none of us knows what our journey is going to hold. None of us knows where we're going to be taken, what we're going to do, why we're going to have to do it. I remember the testimony of a young woman. I don't know how young she was, but a woman, we'll just say. Uh, she, I do recall from the testimony that she lived somewhere over in Indonesia, which is over in Oceania near, you know, it's the uh, Archipelago Island nations like Malaysia and Singapore and stuff like that. That's up to the Northwest of uh, Australia, Southwest um, west of Papa Al New Guinea in that area, Sumatra, Sulawesi, all those, all those lands, Borneo, jungles, all that kind of stuff. And um, she lived in, in, Uh, In that proximity, I, I recall that, and she had started her own Christian ministry, and she felt that she was right where God wanted her to be, and she felt very fulfilled by that ministry that she was doing for the Lord. In fact, it grew. Um, she um, had Bible uh, get-togethers, Bible teachings, prayer sessions at her home. Uh, lots of people would come. It was really a uh, just a fantastic blessing for her. And she felt that she was right where God wanted her to be. But then the Lord came upon her in a powerful way, some sort of a vivid, like, uh, incredible standing and open vision. And the Lord said to her, I want you to shut down your ministry at the house. I want you to sell your home. And I want you to move in with your mother and father and do their dishes, wash their clothes with humility and love and show them the foot washing love of Jesus Christ. Don't preach at them. Just show them. And she was obedient. She did all that. A lot of us would probably struggle with doing something so drastic. And she did it. She actually did. She sold her home. She gave everybody a big hug and a cupcake, sent them on their way. And she went and moved in with her mom and dad, who were unbelievers, probably Buddhists or whatnot, you know, because of that. That's very predominant in that part of the world. And she... Washed their clothes, cooked them dinner, um, cleaned the house, basically became a type of a bond servant. She didn't thump the Bible at them. She didn't preach in them. She didn't tell them that you better give your life to Jesus or you're going to go to hell. She didn't say any of that stuff. She just was loving, kind. Her parents already knew that she was a Christian. But it was her demonstration of the love and compassion of Jesus to them Over years of time, imagine that, imagine that, over years of time, and both of her parents gave their lives to Jesus Christ. And that was God's will for her. It's not that she wasn't doing wonderful things doing what she was doing prior. It's that God wanted her mother and father to come home. And that was his perfect design for her life. That was the call of her ministry. And the way it was to wrap up, to please God and to walk ultimately and perfectly in his will. Who would have guessed? I wouldn't have. But that's what happened to her. And I won't forget that. Different things happening around me, and I experience many of the trials and tribulations that I'm experiencing. For example... I don't know if you relate to this. Some will, and definitely some won't. I understand that. I'm the same way. Sometimes people will share with me something that they're going through, and I won't relate. I'll sympathize, and I'll pray with them, but I won't be able to feel the feelings that they're having because I've never been through it before. How intense they are, how debilitating they might be, I can imagine that it would be that bad. But I I you know wouldn't empathize. And um and I think all of us are to some extent or another we're in, you know, as we share as part of the body of Jesus Christ together in I would submit probably one of the darkest periods the earth has seen ever. In holistically speaking, there were always periods of times in the 1500s and the Dark Ages during the bubonic plagues and all of that stuff that there were pockets of areas on the earth that were going through much horrible times that we're going through right now. Yes, always that was the case. However, holistically across the entire globe, I don't think that the earth has ever seen such a demonic, unbelievable unveiling of Satan himself and all things evil at one time holistically across all 243 nations, including the island nations, 195 major countries, not including the island nations. That is astonishing. And like I've said before, the God's lifting of his hand of protection such that Satan was allowed to attack us with the bioweapon, the pandemic, and having that being global in scope is really the closest thing the earth has ever come to since Noah's flood, which is astonishing. And so sad that so many Christians don't see it because they're so busily looking for those headlines about red heifers being sent to, to Israel because they're waiting on the third Solomon's temple hungrily because they see that as being a prerequisite of Jesus coming and they're going to miss. They'll be stuck here. And it's And it's a sad thing. And that's. I think a big part of what, how we ought to pray for a lot of our fellow brothers and sisters who have been sucked into or that, if you will, that riptide, that vortex of common churchianity teachings that would lead them to be relatively complacent, not realizing that we've entered deep into the seals of revelation and that we are, wow, on the edge of completing the Olivet Discourse. We're not there yet, but we're getting dagnabbit close. (laughs) We really are. Praise God. And that's amazing to be able to actually acknowledge after all of these years, because I could not have said that in 2015. What I could have said was that there was dozens, if not hundreds, if not hundreds and hundreds of prophecies that said that Obama was not going to leave the office of the presidency and that the entire uh, country was going to go into martial law before. You know, that he, you know, so that, that it was the prophecies that were incorrect. But that could be for many reasons, because God does change his mind, and it's all over the Bible. It's called relenting. But anyway, beside that's beside the point. I just wanted to share this with you, because this is one of the things that the Lord imparted upon me. I was wondering to myself, how is it that I am a victim yet again? Because I'm thinking, to, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to reason. I'm trying to reason through with the words that, you know, the scriptures that I spent untold hundreds of hours studying, spiritual revelations that only the Lord could have given me, things many of which I've shared with the listening audience over many, 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 many years of time. Um, And unfortunately, if if a person only listens now and then, they, you know, or even if they were a listener of every single show I've ever done, I talk fast, I cover a lot of material very quickly, and it's easy to miss things. And... In my brain, I feel like I've already shared it, and I don't want to keep repeating myself over and over again. And so, unfortunately, that kind of works. That that's naughty, naughty me, bad, bad me, because I oftentimes I I forget. You know, I feel like I've covered the material. I check the box and then I'm done and then I move on. And it isn't until I kind of chatter into the microphone and say, hey, if there's anybody out there that would like me to do a special show on such and such, and I get all this communication and everybody's like, yeah, I'll definitely, definitely do that. Do that. You know, that kind of thing. So, um so I, you know, I'm ignorant. I mean, I, I. You know, in my brain and and, and in the strange, peculiar world that I live in through Christ, as imperfect and utterly unworthy as it is, I imagine, oh, well, I've already covered that subject or, oh, I've already done that or that or that or that. And I just assume incorrectly so that there aren't folks that need to either A, hear it again or B, hear it for the first time or maybe need to hear it again but said a different way or whatever the case is. Or maybe I need to hear it again. That's the other thing, too, because there's no assumption on my part that I've ever learned anything so well that I've got it down. I, You know, I le- every time I cover any subject, I see something new, always, every time. Praise God. Well, I was wondering to myself, you know, I I know there's a lot of different dynamics. There's a lot of satanic and demonic attack dynamics that are occurring right now more than ever before. I know people just adore to be—they just adore quoting the scripture that says, well, Satan knows his time is short, but I'm a little bit more hardcore about the the literalism of the Bible. And the time is short dynamic, to the best of my recollection, does not occur until Satan is— cast out of the heavens. In other words, he's no longer allowed to go into the courts of heaven anymore. And he's and God has cast him out and said, don't come back anymore. You're going, you're going to cast him down to the earth. And he brings, you know, his fallen angelic beings with him uh, to set up and establish the Revelation 13 beast government, which we should not be here for. And there's going to be some Unbelievably horrible Stephen King like things happening, horrible creatures, lots of people slaughtered. I mean, in one case in Revelation chapter nine, toward the end, one quarter of the living people on the earth are killed, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. It's going to be absolutely horrible. But anyway, the we're not going to be here for that. I, that I'm you know, and and if we miss, if any one of us misses the barley harvest, if any one of us misses the first watch, it's either going to be because be because we died, you know, for, got hit by a bus or whatever the case is, and God took us home. David Wilkerson, when he died in the car accident, that was God taking him home. I guarantee it, it was. it was. It was a blessing. Of course, to anybody that would survive him on earth, they would be like, oh, no, David Wilkerson, I'm going to miss him forever. You know, of course. But to God, it was a blessing. You know, um, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. That's what the scripture says. Praise God. So I'm always soul-searching and wondering because for some of us, not all. And maybe it's a small percentage. I don't know. But I can tell you that this is how it is for me. If If this is how it is for me, then it might also be that way for some others out there. And if that be true, then by virtue of sharing this with you, um, it might help you a little. I'm definitely not presenting any kind of a, um, uh, you know, answer to a great mystery. That's going to just give you everything you need to overcome every situation that I don't have that. I don't know that anybody has that. And if I pause, I've, I've just had the worst case of, um, indigestion today it was absolutely record setting i you know i sh- I should be on a billboard with a giant bottle of pepto bismol well better than that phillips milk of Magnesia in my hand i don't know what i ate yesterday but boy oh boy i know what i did i was naughty and i had uh i i shouldn't have done it but i had uh, I saw these cris- th- these holiday cakes or whatever, and I was like, oh, man, I, you know, I'm going to get those and just save them for Thanksgiving and all that kind of thing. Well, of course, I had to dip into them, and my body rejected it totally, and I don't know how to be a 60-year-old person. I just don't know how. I don't know how, and so I have to suffer because of it. All right, all that being said, some of us, for some reason, and I don't know the answer to this, but some of us have – cumulative attacks you can call them attacks you can call them negative circumstances you can call them I don't know what all you would want to call them it's definitely not chastening I you know I, I'm not saying that it can't be it can definitely include chastening by the Lord. So you can have satanic attacks you can have um, you can have uh, chasing by the Lord. you can have them simultaneously um, there's all sorts of different dynamics you know that can occur now you might say, well, wait a minute i've been praying these." Spiritual warfare prayers for of protection for myself, very very fervently. I take them very seriously. I anoint myself with holy oil. Um, you know, I declare in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that any ent- entity of the darkness, worker of saints, and live or dead human spirit, member of a witch coven that sets their wills against me, will be immediately burned into screaming agony by the holy fire of God in Jesus' name. Hallelujah! And you you completely cover yourself in the fire of God. You wrap it around with a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit around your dwelling place, every place that you go, every car that you get into, whatever. The, the, And you call down warrior angels, platoons of them, the whole thing. And I thought, well, you know, I've been praying like that, so what, what gives? Because my attacks, are, I'm not saying they're like anybody else's, but I suspect that they might be, and if they are, maybe this might help somebody. So my the things that I'm going through and I don't understand it, I thought that maybe I would get a little bit of a break after all the stuff I've been going through since 2018, but looks like not, and I don't know why. Now, some have suggested kindly that it's because I'm really a, making the devil mad. Um, that is quite possible. Um, I One thing is for sure, I can promise you from the very bottom of my heart, there is absolutely nothing... Uh, you know, when when, when I – for example, when I did that last radio show, How Satan Stops Our Prayers Combat in the Spiritual Realm, when I did that program, I can guarantee you that that – you know, Satan wasn't sitting in hell, you know, raising a uh, uh, snifter of brandy and saying, you know, kudos, Johnny Baptist, for doing that. You know what I mean? That, you know, I, I was uh, – de- you know, that that would definitely – Anger, and that's putting it lightly, uh, the forces of darkness. We'll just leave it at that. So could that have raised, you know, the, uh, the made the target much larger on my back? Perhaps so. There's all these things could come into play for any one of us. Um, but what I've noticed is that the... Dump trucks of ugly – we'll just leave it at that without getting too graphic. The quarry trucks of ugly that have been getting dumped on my head are cumulative. Can you imagine – now, this is just an analogy, but I think it's a good analogy to, 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 to communicate what I'm trying to communicate imagine if you're sitting there, you haven't had anything to drink, you're miserable, you're hungry, uh, bugs have, you know, red ants, have, fire ants have bitten you, and you're sitting there, you know, Indian style on the bottom of a quarry, and a giant quarry truck backs up over you and just, and it's just loaded with elephant, we'll just say chocolate elephant balls. And I don't mean that in an, I mean, you know poo-poo. Okay. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. The Bible calls it dung. Okay. And the thing, and then the, uh, and the quarry truck just dumps the elephant dung all over you. Okay. Now you've got flies and other, and it's just a horrible situation. And now you're feeling just like Job when he said, though he slay me yet, I will trust them. You're pretty miserable. And just about the time a nice thunderstorm comes along, washes it all away, uh cleans you up real nice, and you're starting to think everything's going to be okay, and you're praying, you're back in your game, you're at the ear on your a game, and then you hear that dreaded sound again beep 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 beep, and another quarry truck is coming your way, and you're like, "No way there's just no way this can happen again." that's a cumulative thing when you have, when you're dealing with, let's say you're dealing with one really bad thing, but then four days later, people that have control over your life give you another really bad thing, and it's all yours, and if you fail at that other really bad thing, well, you're. It it is exceedingly likely that you will be terminated from your job, which means whatever, right? Lose your house. The, the the possibilities are astonishing. I mean, really, you can just list them up. Or you could just say, hey, I got faith in Jesus and wonderful things are going to happen. Hallelujah. Although I've been in, a, in that situation and praised my way through it. And let me tell you, I came really close to losing my house. Very close. But imagine right about the time the fourth or fifth quarry truck has dumped whatever it is they've dumped on you then another quarry truck comes along you know every time you think that maybe just maybe you've you've reckoned you've reckoned it reckoned with it in your heart you've said you know what i'm just going to believe i'm going to take this as a challenge and i'm going to believe that i can do this impossible series of tasks all simultaneously you know and if, and really you're dealing with like in with like in regards to my employer uh, and this is just an example you might it might be health issues for you, it might be family issues for you, but they get layered on top of each other. It starts out with one thing and then then another thing happens, and then another thing happens, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, is this ever gonna end That cumulative Layering of tribulation upon tribulation upon tribulation upon tribulation. That cumulative nature of layering quarry trucks of ugly on top of you has a, a breaking point. You know, that saying where somebody says, you uh, know, the straw that broke the camel's back. You know, you might handle it really well, you know, the, the first really bad thing that you're dealing with. You might handle that really well. But then another one comes along three days later and you're like, oh, come on, this can't be happening. And you know that you're praying, right? You're praying through, you're doing everything, and you're like, you're thinking to yourself, no, 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 no. This can't be happening. But it keeps coming. It keeps coming. To the point where you're like (laughs) – to the point where I'm – I'll tell you in my situation to where – A very, very senior high-level director got on the phone with me on a Zoom meeting just to ask me how I was doing. And believe you, my company doesn't do that. They could care less. Because this particular senior director knew that what they had given me to do is humanly important. Um, And not only that, but it has the visibility of of the most powerful people in the entire company, and if one mistake is made, well, they're going to have to blame somebody. In fact, there's even positions in certain companies known as ejection seat positions. They are used to protect other executives. And, you know, it'll be the, you know, director of global blankety blankety and it sounds real fancy and everything but if you know what i know what they what these are is the people that work there and have been there for five six seven eight years they know that it's an ejection seat position as soon as something really bad happens boink the person disappears and in comes another one they have those they're 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 it's they just they that's how evil that's how evil they are Corporate America is is arguably you know we we revel and and we're oh America the beautiful capitalism is so great and oh the opportunities that we have in this land are so wonderful but let me tell you something there is nothing godly at all about corporate america it's about as satanic as it can get and it's run by satanists people who kill babies and drink their blood that's just how it is and i know that my company is too absolutely but The Lord revealed this to me because I was thinking to myself, wait a minute. How if the way that I have been praying and and sharing with people in hopes of helping them get through whatever it is they're going through, how is it that I'm still getting slathered with impossible I mean, literally, if I did every little bitty thing that I was being asked to do, I would not sleep. I would have to uh, be jacked up on cocaine, uh, you know, get go to the doctor and get like an endless supply of Ritalin and just pop it, you know, like chicklets all night long and just stay up and stay up until I dropped over dead. Because that's literally in order to do. But th- th- it, 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 there's more to it than that. And it would cause. Problems. But anyway, the point is, is I kept on thinking to myself, and the Lord is very gracious. The one thing that the Lord does do for me, which I love him for, is eventually he'll show me something. Something will hit me, and I'll be like, oh, I got it. So what the Lord showed me is happening to some of us. And again, it's going to depend on who you are, are you on government pay, in other words, are you being fed by the federal government with, you know, Social Security income, disability insurance income, uh, you're on some kind of a retirement pension or something from some big humongous company or whatever, you know, all those things play a role in where you are now and where you'll be later as things progress. And if you think it's going to be rosy, a rosy, happy-go-lucky ride because it has been thus far for you, watch out for that. Watch out for that. I say everybody needs to brace themselves and we need as I've said many times, praise Jesus. That we need to be praying for one another a lot. Set aside special time just to pray. For you know, even if you got to say, dear Heavenly Father, I pray for all the listeners of Johnny Johnny's program. You know, I just pray. I know that we are all one in Christ. We may not all you know fellow you know hang out in the same place together, but we are all pretty close of one mind. And um, and Father, I just pray for each one of them, because I know so many of them are going through some just unspeakably horrible things in their lives. And Father, I just pray your angels to be in their presence, your holy fire to surround around about them, a thorny hedge of protection to protect them. Father God, in Jesus' name, I pray for your peace to fall upon their heart and their mind like a soft October snow. I pray for the light and the love of the Lord Jesus in the presence of angels to lull them, lull them to sleep in peace every single night. Father, I lift them up before you, and I pray in Jesus' name that you will just coddle them, cover them under the feathers, under your feathers, and protect them, Father, as they as they uh, fight their way through the journey of overcoming as they go through these various struggles. Hallelujah, and thank you, Father. Amen. Now, what the Lord imparted upon me, which hadn't occurred to me, but it is happening, and I'm going to just read this to you because I, because when I realized it was happening, I wrote. The subject line of the email, I send myself emails, you know, to remind myself stuff. And I put in the subject line, what is happening, exclamation point. In the body text, it says, Satan is now attacking very large swaths of land and various financial industries and other industries as well. As I look at my life in the various areas where Satan is making great headway at destroying my life. What I see is that his attack is so widespread and so hurting, and it's so hurting of so many people that when it rains on when it rains on the just, it also, or, you know, it rains on the, uh, the the just and the unjust, right? So in many, so in many of us, uh, so in many of us pray using the tactics we are uh, using now, we are successfully covering ourselves directly so. In other words, our bodies are protected, our homes are protected, where we live is protected. You know, our personal little circle of our life is being protected through our prayer tactics and the holy fire of God and the warrior angels that are being assigned to us. All right, and we are having some success consistently stopping local attacks directly upon us. We may not realize it, but we'd be dead otherwise. He goes on to say, however, when Satan attacks, for example, the insurance industry across your entire state, causing your insurance to triple or even quadruple in price go from $1,200 a year to $4,500 a year. Do the math. When Satan attacks an entire corporation and brings them to their knees financially and strategically puts the wrong leaders into spots that would allow them to unwittingly cause Rome to burn and allow the managers who are left barely enough time to do their own jobs, let alone properly assign people to the jobs that need to be done, causing absolute chaos. My point being... Is that Satan's tactics now have shifted? In other words, you may be protecting yourself really well, but when you read Romans 13, and also there's some scriptures. I think it's in First Timothy, I'm not sure, uh, but roundabout it's 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 First uh, or Second Timothy or Titus, I'm not sure which one. But um, but there's some. Uh, I hope I got that right, but anyway, there's two places in the, in the New Testament where we are told to pray for you know our governments, our leaders, our kings, whatever you can, whatever, however you want to word it. But you have to understand that that we're not praying, we're not saying, dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you will save the soul of of you know Barack Hussein Obama. You know that 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 is not what the Bible is asking us. What it's the reason why we are admonished to do so is that. For the reason this email what I just read you, see what I have not been doing and now I am going to do is i've got to deal with the fact that Satan is coming after many of us indirectly here's the thing it's one thing for the demons of the of Satan who have been assigned to take you out and they're going into your workplace and trying and they are directly attacking you they are directly making things horrible for you. That's why it says in Proverbs 21, 1, the king's heart is in the hands of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes. You want to be praying that that the kings, the people that you're our bosses, and your bosses, 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 and your bosses, 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 bosses. Because here's the thing. Maybe you know that they're Satanists. Maybe you know that they don't deserve whatever the case may be. That's kind of irrelevant. But But if you're not aware that Satan is getting to you by destroying something way up high that you're not even paying any attention to. It, we can call it trickle-down Satanomics if you want to. Trickle-down saintonomics. Okay, we always hear the term trickle-down economics. All right, Satanomics. Okay, Satan, what he is doing now is he is trying to take out as many people. He knows it range on the, on the just and the unjust. He knows it. He knows that if he takes out entire industries that we depend upon and he does it way up high so it's almost out of our sight and we don't even we may not even be aware that it's happening but he knows it's going to find its way down to those of us who are making his job impossible or nearly impossible those of us who are ramming that spiritual sword of the spirit right into his stomach on a weekly basis. He knows that if he attacks the insurance industry, if he attacks uh, the uh, Dow Jones and the S&P 500 or whatever the case is, that the board of directors of these various companies are going to start to freak out. They're going to do hiring freezes. They're going to lay people off like crazy. They're going to throw a lot of people into the street. It's going to bring the Great Depression that makes the Great Depression of 1933 look like it was a, a happy day in the park with peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and butterflies, he knows that if he takes the level of the attack high enough and hits these industries and these institutions all around us, he knows he's going to hit as many of us that are his arch enemies that are actually doing damage to his kingdom, he knows he's going to hit us that that trickle-down saintonomics is going to come down and bam, 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 and eventually it's going to get right down where it hits us in the worst possible place, directly in our own household and directly upon our own lives. As if our own lives are not hard enough to deal with right now, because they are hard. Or for many of us, they are. That was what the Lord showed me, and I was like, that makes so much sense, because I was thinking to myself, what am I doing wrong? No, it's not that I'm doing anything wrong, necessarily. However, I do plan to co- to combat it, combat in the spiritual realm, right, amen, by praying fervently. Now, see, normally, from the flesh, when I look at my company and I see the entities of darkness that actually run it... Way up high, the conglomerates that are billions, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, normally, I would not put that on my prayer agenda. I, I got to I, – I have millions of people that I pray for across the world every, almost every single morning unless I am licking my wounds and stopping the bleeding. Um, but – it occurred to me that the only way I can, I'm not, I don't believe that, I don't know, I don't know. I, I, I personally, this is my just my personal hunch. We'll call it a sanctified hunch. It is my sanctified hunch that we're not going to be able to. However, what I do believe is possible is to lessen the blow, to pray fervently, um, you know, And again, the reason why you pray for your governments, the reason why you pray for your leaders, the reason why you pray for your kings, the kings that are in your lives, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord, like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes. The reason why Nehemiah prayed for favor in Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 11, O Lord, I pray, please let your ear be attended to the prayer of your servants and to the prayers of your servants who desire to fear your name. And let your servant prosper this day, I pray, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. For I was the cup bearer of the king. See, that might very well need to become a major part of our prayer um, tactics. OK, uh, 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 you know, like so maybe you pray for yourself at first, you ask the Lord to fill you with more love. You want to fall more in love with him. You want to form fall more in love with Jesus. You ask him for help with some problems or the things that you have in your life that you're trying to overcome and struggling with. You do, Then you then you use the holy fire of God as a weapon. You take out the demons of darkness. You you're doing everything right. You're right on top of your game. Okay, you, you're calling down platoons of warrior angels to do on a search and destroy mission, to ferret out any portals, to shut them down, to arrest any demons that are attempting to come against you, to vaporize the fire of God, to vaporize spiritual or earthly weapons or fiery darts, the whole thing. You got it down. You're doing great. But we're gonna, I think we're going to need to set aside some time. Not all of us. You may not be in that situation. But for those of us who are working in corporate America, for those of us who are, like, okay, so, I'll, and then remember that it's getting slathered, it's getting layered. So right about the time, maybe you, you spent a weekend in prayer, you know, you took four or five days of time, you sought the Lord, you cried out to him, you got a little bit of consolation, you know, and you're feeling a little stronger, uh, And and but then you hear that, and you're like, oh, no, not another truckload of ugly, but it is another truckload of ugly. So when you get that slathered on top of you over and over and over again, you barely have time to get your head to the, above the ugly so that you can even catch a breath before the next load of ugly hits you. And you're already of the mindset by the time you've gotten hit the third time that there's no way you can handle anymore. You can't. You just can't. And if it wasn't for the grace of God, you you would fall completely apart. Well, in the midst of all of that, as, as these corporate America attacks are coming down, one right after another, getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse over weeks of time. Just about the time that you're like, there's no possible way that anybody would give you one more thing to do. Instead of that, not only do they give you one more thing to do, but they give you one more gigantic thing to do that, oh, by the way, the CEO himself of the company is watching directly because he has been trying to break into this company now for a while. And this is his big chance. And you're it. On top of the other stuff that you have to do, insurmountable, by any human means. And then you get a letter. You walk out and you think to yourself, wait a minute, you know, I ordered that, I ordered those uh, vitamins and they haven't come, but it said they came. Maybe it's in the mailbox. I better go down. And you go down and you look in the mailbox. And you're like, wow, I should have come down here. And it's like full of stuff. And you pull it all out. And as you're walking up with your little pile of mostly junk mail, but some other important things, you spot a letter from Tower Hill, which happens to be a homeowners insurance company for the state of Florida. And you think to yourself, "Oh my, oh my Lord Jesus, why?" And you 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 go you soul searching. You're like, August, September, November. No, no, this this is not right. I should not be getting a letter from Tower Hill. I should not be getting a letter from Tower Hill. This is bad. This is really, 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 really bad. And you open it up even before you get into the house because you know it's really bad. Because, believe me, your homeowner's insurance does not send you something in September unless it's bad. And Florida, one of the number one reasons, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but in the state of Florida, one of the number one reasons that people get foreclosed on, homeowners insurance. A lot of people don't realize that, but it's actually true. Homeowners insurance is probably one of the top five reasons that people get foreclosed on in the state of Florida and lose their houses. So anyway, I I read it. It was full of mumbo-jumbo double talk and all this other stuff. We, I noticed the words that said that we are going to cancel your current um, plan, and then we're going to roll you over to a new nifty plan. And I said, uh-oh, this is, this is really bad news. I just instinctively knew it was. So I went upstairs, and I made a phone call to my uh, agent, my insurance agent, and I got an earful of what's going on. Now, I decided that there's got to be a way around this, so I went ahead and called some other insurance agents and found out that, oh, no, it's not just me. It's pretty much everybody. What happened was, uh, now, this is all Satan. This is all Satan, Satan's demons, Satan's plans to crush and destroy as many people's lives as possible. I get it. I get it. So on top of all the other things that... Don't allow me to sleep, and are destroying my health and all that stuff. I'm thinking of my I'm now I'm staring at not just double. So they're going to send a team of inspectors into my house, which I hate. And the inspectors are going to look around for anything that they can find that they don't like, and then based on what they found that they didn't like, they're going to up my premium a minimum of three times more than it is now, and potentially. To three thousand or four thousand dollars per year, do the math. Okay, now that that's what's called foreclosure. Most people cannot afford their monthly payments to increase. That that dwarfs the things that you hear out, out there about people's renters and you know uh, monthly rent going up and stuff like that. The reason this came about is because Satan attacked the Florida – it's not not bad. It's bad enough that the Florida state insurance industry has been in turmoil ever since uh, the four hurricanes that hit back when Charlie nailed Punta Gorda many years ago. Florida homeowners. That's when thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of Florida homeowners lost their houses from foreclosure. Um, But this time, this time what it was, was it was fraud in the tens of billions. And you're like, what? Fraud? Well, so what they're doing, what they did was these people, these entities, these groups of crime, I don't know what you call them, crime groups, huge crime groups very well organized, covered, they blanketed the state of Florida and they went to many, 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 many different homeowners and they told them, you know, I'm a roof inspector and I've noticed that your roof has some areas that are a little bit questionable um i might be able to help you get a really good deal on replacing your roof because i've got some connections and of course the homeowner falls victim and they say sure go ahead um well i'm going to have to climb up on the roof and do a little bit of an inspection so i can get my you know information correct oh yeah go on up well they go up there and they have on the bottom of their shoes these large pointy cleats spikes and they walk around on the roof of the house and they punch holes in the plywood underneath the um you know the shingles. then the homeowner places a homeowner claim and because the homeowners insurance companies have virtually no fraud protection and they're too they're too dumb to breathe, they basically now see banks are different now interestingly the insurance companies are part of the financial services industry. A lot of people don't know that. So the financial services sector is actually made up of banks, credit unions, and insurance companies. They all fall into the financial services vertical sector. However, banks and credit unions have to cover you. They have to have anti-fraud protections in place. That's why you'll get a phone call or a text message that says, we think that your card has been compromised. Uh, you need to come in and get a new debit card or whatever the case is. Because they're protecting you against fraud. They're protecting them against fraud. But guess who doesn't do that? Homeowner's insurance. They can sit around dumb as a nickel and a bucket of sludge and whatever, and they're allowed to get away with it. So what happened was when this fraud, this blanket of fraud that rolled across the entire state of Florida that cost the homeowners insurance companies tens of billions of dollars in losses... They had no culpability whatsoever for just writing all these checks. You would think that just maybe they might look into it a little bit. Maybe they might put a stop to the crime wave. But no, they didn't do a darn thing. Instead, what they did was they decided they were going to triple, quadruple, sextuple everybody's homeowner's insurance so people lose their homes and have no place to go. And that's exactly what they're doing. That's exactly what they're doing. And I found out about it. Now, I knew about the fraud taking place, but I had no – I couldn't even imagine in my most satanically horrific Amityville Horror nightmares that these insurance agencies and their seething evil would just figure, well – Hey, what the heck? We took tens of billions of dollars worth of losses, and we know that all the people that we're going to victimize right now are utterly innocent and had nothing to do with it. They've never filed a homeowner's claim in their entire life, but we're going to destroy their lives because that's what we need to do to get back the money we lost. Well, I wrote a letter, and I know it's it's going to fall on deaf ears if it makes it past the ten billions of others uh, complaining about whatever they're complaining about. But I wrote a letter to Governor DeSantis. I carefully chose what I put in the subject line to catch his attention. But really, it's 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 almost fraud layered upon fraud. Really, the very fact that the homeowners insurance companies are coming after innocent people such as myself. to to recoup their losses for not even looking for the fraud in the first place. Not only unethical, but in my personal opinion, should be absolute. And they're getting away with it. And so um, to add insult to injury, and I got all this lovely information. Really, about 20 minutes, no, maybe about 45 minutes before I was supposed to do the show on Wednesday. And I can assure you the level of anger that I had at that moment in time, I don't think it can be topped. And I knew there was no way I could do a radio show because I was – there isn't a word in the human language. You can get out your four or five inch thick Oxford English dictionary and page through it and see if you can find a word that captures the level of angry that I had. But I was so angry that I, I don't think words can capture it. So it was layered upon layered upon layered upon layered upon layered of impossible things that I was being forced to do. Destroying my ability to survive and then to top it all off with a mortgage rate, monthly mortgage increase, that is really the equivalent of going out and buying a new Mercedes. So now I'm going to change my prayer tactics to start praying for protection against these kinds of things. But it's very difficult because Satan is very smart. He's being given an open book. God has given it to him. Okay, that's why Jesus warned us about all the things that he warned us about in the Olivet Discourse. That's why he warned us that we were going to go through hell on earth. And that's exactly what he described when he described it, hell on earth. Maybe not burning flesh, but just about, all right? And, you know, that's why we're told to rejoice, that our rewards will be great in heaven, that these are things that, you know, we got to learn to deal with. They're limitless. They really are limitless. And I'm not, I haven't really, honestly, I'll just share this with you in closing in this testimony. I have not figured out how I'm going to pray to mitigate this type of an attack against all of us that it would rain on the just and the unjust, because strategically and satanically speaking, by by raising the bar of the attack so high up that he's attacking industries, financial services sectors, insurance industries, um, you name it, really. And I'm sure that what we have on the agenda is attacking of our um, uh, water supplies, our electrical grid we already know about that everybody's talking about that continuously these attacks are so high up they're so out of our reach that we can't how are you going to cover all that I mean literally you would need to fill a stadium of tongue speaking Holy Spirit filled anointed Christians praying from the top of you know but most of them are praying for Donald Trump to come back they're so clueless So anyway, um, I have made myself a promise. I made that promise about three to four years ago that um, and I've told everybody that helps me with the program that my official policy is that if I am ever so sad, if I am ever in an emotional state of mind, that common sense would suggest strongly that I should not do the show, I will cancel. If I'm fatigued so bad that I can barely form a sentence because I, I got no sleep. If I was attacked so heavily at work, something totally not my fault. You know, there's just a list of things. And you can't, you know, you're like, anyway, the point is I made myself a promise and I will stick to that promise. The policy of me, that I have made, and it is an official policy and I've had many people. Tell me that I couldn't agree with you more, but when I'm in a state of mind whereby the only thing I'm going to do is come on the show and complain and vent like Papa Cotta (laughs) okay? if that's what I'm going to do, then I'm not coming on the show. I don't care who the guest is. And, um, uh, you know, now don't get me wrong. I, I, I miss Robert, and I'm looking forward to it the next time he comes on the program. And I'm also very, very hopeful. I I don't know why I'm hopeful. I have no reason to be hopeful. I'll, I'll be perfectly frank. I, I mean, really, did, when you think about it, how many Christians have you heard, particularly those who have been under unbelievable persecution, having body parts slowly cut off, you know, being under the uh, control of the police in uh, places like uh, Bangladesh, uh, you know, where where Christians have you know body parts cut off really slow. You know that you know these are things, you know. We're not going through that, but but the the our our heads are kind of like in a satanic vice right now, and that vice is being cranked tighter and tighter and tighter. At some point, your head's just going to crack, your skull's going to crack, and you're and you're going to be dead. The, and, you and yes, you, you praise Jesus. You can read the Scriptures, and the Scriptures will tell you that blessed are you uh, when you go through trials and tribulations because it will give you, I mean, uh, Romans 3, 5, I believe it is, was one of the Scriptures that the Lord gave me. Yeah. No, 5, 3, sorry. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, things like I just described to you. We glory in tribulations knowing that tribulation, extremely difficult, horrible things that you're going through in life, produce perseverance. And perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. Now remember, as it says in Hebrews, while well, chastening is not pleasant when you're going through it, and I'm not even suggesting this is chastening at all, but none of this is pleasant when you're going through it. None of it is. None of it is. And I think a lot of us are going through some version, some flavor, some Rocky Road ice cream deluxe version of one thing right after the other. Because that's exactly what Satan would do. Topple down things that we depend upon. Topple down the industries that we take for granted that allow us to live in a a place with with a roof over our head destroy everything around you, what you're going to do about it? Nothing. There isn't much that you can do, really. You keep on praying for protection. You keep on praying for God's favor. You pray, 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 pray. But I'll tell you what, I don't feel much character right now, and I... I will say this, I am a perpetual... Positive thinking kind of a guy usually, although it probably doesn't sound like that tonight. But I d- I do. I'm I'm the one when I'm given my fourth impossible multi-billion dollar global company co- uh, project that I have to run, okay, which is beyond anyone's human capability, okay. And I'm given that. I'm the one that tells everybody on the call this is going to go great. We're going to be fine. And I'm praying about it the next day. And you know what? Miraculously, it usually comes out in a beautiful way. And a good thing all right and and I'm known for that actually, where I work they, they they you know but that that's beside the point i do i am a hopeful person, i do believe I hope that God is going to save me. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about save me from the inevitable that appears. That you know, because right now I've got locomotives heading right at me, and sweet Polly Purebred is not getting cut. Nobody's trying to cut sweet Polly Purebred's uh, you know uh, chains off the track. Sweet Polly Purebred is just looking at them trains coming right at her and going, man, when they hit, that's gonna hurt. Hallelujah, thank you Jesus. But I do have hope. I do have hope, and I believe, somehow. I don't know how. I can't even imagine how. But somehow. And I hope that there's somebody out there that's in the same situation for a whole lot of different reasons saying, I needed to hear this. Because that's exactly how I feel. I feel like giving up. I feel like I can't take it anymore. I feel like I'm going to grab a baseball bat and start smashing everything that I can get my hands on. I can't take it anymore. Well, guess what? You're not alone. And it might be for a myriad of different reasons. I get it. I'm living it. And so my policy stands if i am reprehensibly angry at that moment in time or i am reprehensibly or we'll to say in extreme anguish you know like for example one of my dogs dies you know 20 minutes before the show starts <laughs> i am not doing that show i can guarantee it praise god and one of them's looking kind of old, poor, poor Barty Bartholomew. He's he's his name's Bart. The fawn boxers. I'm a boxer fan. The fawn boxers, um, the fawn colored ones. They have um, when they start getting when they're about two thirds of the way through their lifespan, they get like white whiskers, and Bart's got the major white whisker thing going on. So and I know, and it's just one of those things you have to live with when you, when you love pets and God's creation, praise God. but anyway, I, uh that's a very long-winded uh testimony to share, but I thought it was most important, especially to share Satan's tactics for coming at us. It might not affect you. Oh, oh, and just in case you hadn't noticed all the weather services and those who track, you know, tropical disturbances and things like that are saying that there will be a category three to four power hurricane heading directly toward Tampa. In fact, what makes it real now, if, if the, it depends on its trajectory and whether or not the spaghetti models are accurate. And the, mean, there's a lot of, a lot of gotchas there, but right now, one of the primary trusts trajectories, the one that the various experts with their computer models believe is the most likely is that this particular tropical depression number nine or TD9 is going to bypass. It's going to go around Jamaica. It's going to go around Cuba. And then it's going to come right up into the Gulf unhindered and directly into the center of the state of Florida on the west side, which would nail Tampa directly. Now, granted, the vast majority of the power is within a very tight circle toward the center of the hurricane. You can get some really horrible weather and some super bad, bad uh, wind, but that hurricane could be 50 miles south of you, and you get essentially you're spared. But Tampa has not been hit by a direct strike of a hurricane since 1922, and when it did, it wiped out Tampa. And since 1922, after they rebuilt the infrastructure, hooked up the power lines, got everything working again, and the water systems and such, they haven't done one single upgrade to the infrastructure in Tampa since 1923. Not one. Is that 100 years? It is, isn't it? So the infrastructure, the telephone poles, the telephone wires, all that stuff, the water systems, the piping, all the things that keep people alive, that we depend on every day and take for granted, that infrastructure has not been upgraded for 100 years in Tampa. Do I, am I fretting over it? No. Do I, am I going to pray against it? Absolutely. But. Talk about that beep, 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 (laughs) okay? (sighs) To me, I am now coming to the place. I've said I was coming to this place for a long time, but I'm at a different level now. I'm coming to the place where I'm like, what's next? Because there's going to be something that's next. I know oil. And that's not being negative. That's just looking at everything that has happened, everything that continues to happen, and seeing the pattern. And by virtue of the Lord allowing me to see that Satan is attacking us top-down, Destroying industry, and we already know that these shape-shifting reptilians that are working, these entities, these sick, twisted, filthy, horrible entities that are driving the world into a state of utter and absolute collapse, what are they going after? The same thing that I'm talking about tonight, the insurance industries, the financial industries, the banking accounts, the social security income that people depend upon, the, 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 the you know, the, 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 I don't know, those cards they give you when you uh, get uh, food stamps and stuff, all that. The doctors, the health care, the bioweapons, the nuclear threats from Russia, which aren't just threats, they're actually promises. But I just don't. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see how that all unfolds. Praise God. But I did want to share all this with you in the form of a testimony. I know it's an extended testimony, but I really I think some of the things that the Lord has I I have come to a place I don't know how long it'll last. I mean I still got my, you know, tongue in cheek Louisville slugger right behind me, so who knows? <clears throat> Although I've never felt an occasion to grab it and actually go out and start bashing a tree, which you know would just be an act of relieving my frustration but i am definitely at a place in my walk right now where i am absolutely expecting something much much worse to come my way absolutely beyond any shadow of a doubt i i don't have hope of respite i don't have any hope that things are going to get better i do pray and beseech god and Cry before him continuously that um, others will pray for me to get me through. I make no promise that this radio show will continue um, because that's beyond me. I don't have control over that. And right now, the way things are going, I, I don't know. I've, and I know I get the emails people send me, oh, please, Johnny, don't even say that. And people will start to cry, and then I feel bad for even mentioning it. All I'm saying is that it's in God's hands. Every part of every one of our lives during this end times jaunt, jaunt that we're going through, this period, it's out of our hands. And it's going to get more out of our hands. And I'm not going to worry about it. I used to fret so much. Oh, my gosh, I used to fret. I used to fret. I bawl and cry continuously. I couldn't get up out of my chair in my office and walk over two rooms without having tears streaming down my eyes sitting there thinking as hard as I could, how can I change the way I pray? What can I do to, to overcome this situation only to have five or six more trucks back up and dump? And when the Lord revealed to me Satan's tactic, and I see Satan's tactic, and, and I thought to myself, wow, thank you, Captain Obvious. It really is. Go after everything that we take for granted. Go after every industry and do it at the top. We see it happening in the burning of the uh, the burning down of, they just exploded another oil refinery up in Ohio. That was not an accident, they blew it up. Okay? Same thing with all the uh, food processing facilities. We're well over a hundred right now. They don't have the building materials to rebuild them. It's. It's all happening around us. The thing is, it hasn't touched us directly. And so then when it starts to touch us directly, we're we're befuddled. We're like, wait a minute, why is this happening? What did I do wrong? Did I upset the Lord? But that's not how it is. We're just caught up in the whirlpool of satanic attacks coming down upon the earth. And God bless you if you are somewhere in your life, Somewhere in your geographic location, somewhere in, uh, you know, whatever it is in your walk where you're not being hammered by one seemingly insurmountable emergency after another, God bless you. God bless you. And if you're not in tears on your knees every single morning crying out to him and saying, I love you, thank you, Father, thank you, Father, and praying for the rest of us who are getting beaten into the ground, because you really should be thanking God. Because I could, I could easily, if I th- sat here and thought about it, I could take notes and write down names. In many cases, first and last names and relatives' names of people that have emailed me. Because I, because of the fact that I do this program, people and I, and that's okay. This is a blessing for me. I, I I'm, I'm perfectly fine with it. When somebody writes me and says, "Can you pray for so and so? Can you pray for so and so?" Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I'm on holy ground. I love that. Thank you, Jesus, that they thought of me. I'm glad that they thought of me to ask me to help them pray. Thank you, Jesus. We should all be grateful to be on holy ground. We should. It, it's awesome. It's a good place to be. Praise God. But I can tell you that if I made a list... I could probably fill up a couple of hours explaining the circumstances that each one of these people are going through. And it's rough. It's real rough. And I do want to share with you that one of them in particular who is especially close to this program and has been helping this program for 10 years, who nearly had her life completely destroyed. And you might be, oh, come on, man, you're exaggerating. Come on. What do you mean completely destroyed? No, I'm talking about completely destroyed. Not only the marriage, not only the family, the loss of the house, the whole deal. I mean, really, that bad. And her and I have been praying fervently for one another for, wow, wow. I mean, it started getting bad. The beatings, the beatings for the two of us started getting bad. I think it was somewhere around 2016, 2015, right around the Trump thing when he came, um, and it started getting worse and a lot worse and a lot worse and a lot worse. And she just had a major breakthrough. So there is your positive testimony at the end of. All of the others. And that is that, I don't know, it's a miracle. I mean, I don't know how else to say it except it's a miracle. The one thing that was a little bit different is we had conferred with one another and prayed about it. And I had remembered that the Lord used the analogy of, hey, uh, you know, if if you're in a boat and the boat is heading toward the rocks, you need to row the boat and pray. Don't just sit in the boat and do nothing. So we talked and fellowshipped, and I said, I suggested that she row the boat hard. And we spent some time working through it, praise the Lord. And, um, you know, the Lord places it upon my heart to tell her, don't give up, no matter what, stand your ground, keep rowing that boat. Row the boat as hard as you've ever rowed that boat before, and if you give in, it's all over. Satan wins, you lose. And she decided she was going to row that boat as hard as she could, while we continued to pray, and we have a victory. She has a fantastic testimony, and it's in full it's it's in full motion, light speed. Everything's moving forward. It's impossible. Things that would never, ever, over the last five, six, seven years of fervent prayers and tears, nothing. And all of a sudden, breakthrough. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So the moral of the story, for me, and maybe for you too, don't give up. We all know that we're supposed to give up. We know that. Now, the really hard part is not only do you not want to give up, but you need to do what I haven't learned to do. And that's what Smith Wigglesworth learned. And I so wish I had learned it. I wish I was there. I wish I didn't have any more of a journey. I wish I could look at every. Horrible thing that happens to me and praise God and truly know that it's going to be taken care of. I think one of my challenges in my walk is I know so many really, really good Christians that have hit rock rock bottom whose lives were utterly destroyed. I don't know all the details and I don't know why, but I just know about them or I know them personally. And so that makes me wonder, is that me tomorrow? I want to believe with all of my heart that it's not. But it does rain on the just and the unjust. The question is, can we accept the grace of God, focus on his promise, embrace the promise of him taking care of us and trusting him. Though he slay me, yet I will trust him. And make that a part of our walk so that all this stuff around us doesn't matter anymore. Can we all become like Job? Can we all become like Elijah and be okay with it. Because I think at that level of surrender, it is highly likely that you have come to that place where the peace that passes all understanding will truly be embedded deeply in your heart, your mind, your soul, your spirit, overwhelming you. Because you know this journey is not only temporary, but it's just a big hologram. Like Einstein said, albeit a very convincing one. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Father. Father, we come before you united as one voice. Father, whether we are listening live to this program or listening to a recorded podcast, we pray that you will hear our voices united, Father, as a corporate prayer before you. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, Father, we part the spiritual realm of the Red Sea in Jesus' name as a royal priesthood your holy nation, and we come against the forces of darkness that would destroy our lives through indirect attempts and measures. Father God, in the name of Jesus, it is one thing for us to call down a platoon of warrior angels to ferret out any portals or any entities of evil or any uh, uh, demonic contracts, whatever we have to destroy that is coming directly against us, but it's a completely different dynamic, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus, to come against Satan's attack that would trickle down against us and To destroy our livelihoods, to destroy our ability to serve you, Father, we cannot praise you from the grave, and we are not able to serve you effectively on this earth unless we are divinely protected by your angels, and we call down in Jesus' name for an innumerable company of angels of war to be sent down on our behalf, Father God, to come in and to just tear up anything that would be that that would trickle down and negatively negatively affect our ability to serve you, Father, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, whether it be through insurance companies, whether it be through finances, Father God, whether it be through um, uh, uh, job uh, uh, dynamics or job security or layoffs or whatever the case may be, Father, we come against these things. We come against these attacks. We know that they are coming in at a high level, and we know that you're allowing it to usher in the end times, and we praise you for that. Verse nine says, "For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness." And we praise you for that. Thank you, Jesus. But Father, we are your workers; we are your servants here on this earth. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, we pray that you will send angels of war, completely surrounded and 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 followed by archangels, diamond-tipped swords sharp as razor blades, diamond-covered shields of faith, diamond-covered helmets, feet shod, belts. In the name of Jesus, to, to send them down by the hundreds of trillions onto the earth in the name of jesus father find us find those who as as nehemiah says in chapter 1 verse 11 those who uh, uh, not only fear you father but your servants that uh uh, desire to fear your name in the name of jesus father god we are asking for favor we are praying for your protection we are asking you lord god to send warrior angels into the presence archangels into the places that they need to go to protect us from trick. Down We have no other way to refer to it, and that's what we're going to use, Father, and we know that you understand exactly what it is we are praying for. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, protect your servants, we pray, Father God. We beseech you to protect us from the indirect assaults against our ability to be able to serve you. Father, in the days that we have ahead, so many of which will require us to be at our very, very best with your anointing to touch other people's lives with the fire of God, melting the firmament of the rock and scattering the demons in every which direction hallelujah holy lord jesus please cleanse and totally purify our heart our soul our spirits our flesh our minds our record-keeping books in heaven and our robe and gown in heaven with your precious blood and father your holy fire In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, by the blood of the Lamb of God, in Jesus' mighty name, we declare that any entity of the darkness, worker of Satan, live or dead human spirit, member of a witch coven, anything that cannot call Jesus Christ its Lord and Savior that would attempt to come against us at the very moment that they set their wills directly against us. We declare the fire of God to shoot down from the glory pillar and to burn them in the screaming horrific agony, making a public spectacle of them thereof, that all of the demons in the spiritual realm will scatter in all directions, and they will be more horrified to come against us or our loved ones than of Satan himself. In Jesus' name. Father, we declare in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus for Platoons of warrior angels on search and destroy missions to surround us. A holy fire of God, a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit, and the thorny hedge of protection to swirl around us on all sides, around our dwelling places on all sides, around our automobiles on all sides, around all aspects of our lives and our ability to perform our jobs on all sides, around our health on all sides. We plead the blood of Jesus into our bodies to heal the things that have yet to be healed because we know that we will be healed. We know that we will be healed because Father, you know need us. Your scripture says that you need us. It says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. And I will not remember your sins. Keep me in remembrance and let us work Together, hallelujah. And we lift up Isaiah 43, 25 before your supreme courts of heaven. And we ask you, Father, for a supernatural outpouring of power, authority, and angelic support, Father, like has never been seen since before there was time in Jesus' name. Come against, send these angels in innumerable companies, Father God, organized to come against these attacks, this trickle-down saintonomics that is affecting so many of our lives in a negative way. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We pray and thank you, Father, for this victory. We praise you, Father, for this victory because we have won it. And we know that you want us to serve you as unbelievably powerfully as the Scripture says. And be Jesus for those who need that compassion and love and hope in even the darker days that we have ahead of us. We give you all the power, glory, honor forever and ever and ever, and we praise you, Lord. We exercise the rule of the victor over any demonic region that would set their wills against us. We exercise the rule of the victor, the Lord Jesus Christ, against any demonic region that would permit evil spirits in or through their territories for the purpose of coming against us. We command that it be immediately cut off from ever receiving power from the kingdom of darkness again. Ever! We require the immediate disbursement of all of their funds from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Into the kingdom of light. We require the immediate destruction of all of their books, artifacts of sorceries, evil candles, pentagrams, all of it to be vaporized by the fire of God which we call down from the glory pillar in the mighty name of Jesus. We require the immediate reversal of all their schemes, cancellation of all their assignments. We tear them up and we throw them in their face in the name of Jesus with the fire of God pouring down upon them like white hot sticky magnesium napalm. In Jesus' name, penalties applied, we cast them into the pit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Father. Holy oil. Thank you, Father. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Dear Heavenly Father, we consecrate ourselves to your complete ownership. We consecrate ourselves into your hands and into our Lord Jesus Christ's hands. We renounce Everything spoken of in the darkness against us, we declare your abundant grace, your living water, and the crystal river of life, to wash away all impurities, all frustrations, all fears, all concerns or worries. and just wash it away right down the crystal river, far, far. Away into the deep blue sea, Father, of your forgetfulness. Holy Lord Jesus, we plead your blood to not just cover us, but to enter in us, to mix deeply with our blood and to become one with the Godhead in purity. We declare that no weapons can even exist. Anything is of the darkness, must be immediately vaporized by the fire of God, for we command this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We rebuke, renounce, stand against, and call the fire of God down on any demon or devil or anything that cannot call Jesus Christ its Lord and Savior. We cancel all demonic assignments. We tear up all demonic contracts. We break all yokes of bondage and curses that have been attempted to be placed against us. And we declare the fire of God to launch down from the glory pillar, fire swords of cherubim that be shot down from the heavens to cut into pieces the demons of darkness that would even attempt to come against us. In Jesus' name, we declare a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit, a Category 5. Whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to blow your fire, white-hot in the name of Jesus Christ, punching through the spiritual realm directly into the throne room of God. Father, we abandon ourselves completely into your hands. Do with us what you will. Whatever you may do, we thank you. We will thank you. We might not be thanking you when it's happening at the moment, but, Father, we will thank you later. We praise your holy name. We are ready for all. We accept all. We proclaim it. We confess it. And it is ours. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And there is life and death in the power of the tongue. Let only your will be done in us, in all of us. We wish nothing else, Father. Into your hands we commit our soul, our spirit. We offer it to you with the love of our heart. And we pray, Father God, for your love to fill us. And for us to fall so utterly in love with you. So utterly in love with you, Jesus so overwhelmed in your presence that it's beyond all our understanding. Fill us with your peace abundantly. We trust you, Father, no matter what it is we're going through. We trust you, and we ask you for an anointing of trust to fall on each of our hearts that it should overwhelm us with that peace, it passes all understanding. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. And we enter into communion.
2: Disciples were seated about you at the eve of unleavened bread. You said I eagerly yearned for this supper, and that you suffered so the children could be fed. I can only imagine the silence in the room as you passed on the bread to be torn. They did not understand reach of his plan, in his love we were told to rejoice not to mourn, so we gather from memory the glory of the Lamb, the one who was slain for the seed of Abraham, as we long for your coming, we imagine the feast, the king and his bride, when our waiting has ceased, went back up to heaven to speak to the heavenly cause. You lifted the cup of forgiveness. It was paid. it was done. You had offered the call. And I can only imagine the thunderous sound until heaven exploded in tears. We were free from our chains. All that remains is to never give We are destined to win. The so weak gather the remembering of our soul, destroyer of death, the Lord of our all, the light in our arms, the edge of our soul, the King of all kings, and the Lord
0: of all lords.
2: For we believe in a land, all of creation, we eternity, all is revealed, by the time we remember, All scars will be healed. As we long for your coming, we imagine the feast, the Lord and His sprite, when our waiting has ceased.
1: But you you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who brought you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light who were once not a people but are now the people of God who had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all these things, but on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you are also called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word in Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And finally, brethren, Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, and whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, of a good report. there's any virtue, anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. He, Jesus, went a little further and he fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. There's a lesson for all of us. Matthew 26, 39. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by the angels, preached amongst the Gentiles, and believed upon in the world, received up in the glory. First Timothy three, sixteen. We pray for purification based upon Psalm fifty-one one through fourteen. Father, we pray that you will have mercy upon us according to your love, according to your kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Father, we pray that you will blot out all of our transgressions and not remember any of our sins. Wash our robe and gown in heaven white and pure. Look upon our hearts, Father, as we struggle with life and challenges, trials, tribulation, difficulties, unsurmountable problems that only you can handle. We pray for your trust to enter into our heart. To envelope us with your grace. To fill us with your peace. We praise you. Wash us from our iniquity. Cleanse us from our sin. We know that we're sinners, Father. We know that there isn't a day that goes by that we don't dork something up. Father, against you and you only, we've sinned and done Whatever it is that we have done, sometimes we don't even know. Forgive us, Father. Father, we rent our robes before You because we know we are always unworthy. And it is only Your blood, Jesus, that gives us a hope to be chosen. Father, Behold, we were brought forth in iniquity and in sin our mothers conceived us. That's deep. Behold, Father, You desire truth deep, deep inside our inward parts and even in the hidden parts. We pray that You will help us to know Your wisdom. Purge us with hyssop, wash us, make us whiter than snow. Help us to hear joy and gladness but all the trials and tribulations and insurmountable ugly problems that we have to deal with as part of this walk just melt away into a sea of peace and calm. Create in us, Father, a new, clean, anointed heart. Renew in us a steadfast spirit, one which trusts you no matter what. Fill us with your Holy Spirit every day, even as we struggle. Restore us with your joy. Help us to remember how awesome it is that you chose us, that you saved us, and that we have an eternity of awe. Awaiting us. And then, by your grace, you will help us to stand on holy ground and bring even more along with us to be guests at the wedding supper or maybe a part of a larger remnant bride than was even conceived since before there was time. Deliver us, Father, from our guilt. Deliver us, Father, from feeling inadequate. Help us to understand it is by Your grace and by Your advocacy and prayers, Lord Jesus, that we would have a friend such as You who looks forward, to meeting us in person real real soon in Jesus name we pray thank you Father Amen the Lord's Supper Holy Communion For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you with the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In that same manner he also took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me For as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup. You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Ani, Lododi, Li I am my beloved, and my beloved is mine. Thank you, Lord.
2: i for his king. my prosperity. You are strong and I am weak. I praise you, my redeemer. I praise you, majesty. You were left by God, Almighty oh to always be with me. And I know I
3: will never be.
1: We are the sons of God. We are the masters of the devil and his demons of darkness, and we're the servants and footwashers of mankind. twenty-two thirty. So I sought for a man amongst them who would make a wall stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land, that I should not destroy it. But I found no one. also go for us father here we are send us most assuredly I say to you that he who believes in me the works that I do he will do also and greater works than these will he do because I go unto my father and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now to him, Jesus Christ, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or even think of according to the power that works in us. Colossians 2.15 Jesus, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. The cross. Intensified prevailing prayer is God's ordained law and method for implementing his redemptive plan in this age until Jesus returns. It is the highest, the holiest, and the mightiest effort of which a child of God is capable. It is God's chosen way to bring heaven's power, heaven's resources, and heaven's angels into action upon the earth. Charles Spurgeon said, He who knows how to overcome with God in prayer has heaven and earth at his disposal. Intensified prayer is clothed with the might of God himself. Thank you, Jesus. Dear Heavenly Father, we praise your holy name, and we hold up symbolically before you a golden cup of forgiveness to pour out on all the peoples of the lands of Oceania, from the northern sides of Papua New Guinea to the southern sides of the South Pacific Islands, Tasmania, Australia, Father God, the Solomon Islands and the Archipelago Island nations of Indonesia, Malaysia, Jakarta, Singapore, Father God, Sumatra, Borneo, we pray and lift up all of the peoples of those lands, the indigenous and those who are visiting, relocating all those people. Father, in the name of Jesus, the good and the bad, we ask you, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Neither do we. Father, we pray that you will forgive them, pour out a golden bowl of forgiveness upon them all, in the name of Jesus. Fathers, your servant Nehemiah did in chapter 1, verse 6, and your servant Daniel did in chapter 9, 25, when they confessed of the sins of the peoples of the lands of Israel. We, as a royal priesthood, confess of the sins of the peoples of the lands of Oceania. We confess of the sins of their first fathers and their fathers' fathers until before there was time. We break all yokes of bondage. We we renounce all things spoken of in the darkness against them. We break all generational and bloodline curses, rather we branch of their family trees until before there was time. In the mighty name of Jesus, we break them. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. principalities, powers, and strongholds, spiritual host of wickedness and rulers of darkness and high places above the lands of Oceania, we come against you. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus and by his blood, we decree fire swords of cherubim to be shot down from the heavens and to cut you into pieces. We declare fire of God to launch down from the glory pillar and to burn you in into screaming agony, making a public spectacle of you thereof. We bind Colossians 2.15 in the courts of heaven against thee in the name of Jesus Christ. And we declare hundreds of trillions of legions of warrior angels and archangels to follow, to enter into the spiritual realm above the lands of Oceania and to wage war against these such as has never been seen since before there was time. Hallelujah. Unclean spirits, deaf and dumb spirits, anything that cannot call Jesus Christ its Lord and Savior, binding or hindering the hearts and the minds of the lost peoples across all of the lands of Oceania, we command you, come forth! Strong men, come out. In the name of Jesus, we declare hundreds of trillions of legions of warrior angels, fully clad in the armor of God, to swoop down upon you and to strike you deaf, blind, and dumb, place you under arrest, and cast you into the pit. We declare the fire of God to weld the pit shut in Jesus' name. We decree the fire of God to permeate the pit and to burn you into screaming agony. We plead the blood of Jesus to seal the pit, for only the Lamb of God can break the seals. Father, in the name of Jesus, your will be done. We know that you would not want one to perish. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. (coughs) And we declare in Jesus' name the holy fire of God, authority, hedge of protection, and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to blow it white hot and to fully encapsulate all the peoples of the lands of Oceania, the millions in Jesus' name. Father, in your perfect timing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let nothing unclean reenter the clean-swept house. Father, we plead with the courts of heaven for the sustaining of that holy fire until the time is perfect for a breakthrough in Jesus' name. We declare in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, the crystal river, the living water, the abundant grace of God to flow deep into their hearts to fertilize the soil therein, that they shall receive the seeds of these prayers. These prayers will bear fruit and the fruit will remain in accordance with John fifteen sixteen. in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Alleluia. Thank you, Father. Holy Father God, we pray for an innumerable company of angels of light and love and the presence of the Lord Jesus, the man in the white robe, to stand before them in dreams, in visions of the night when deep sleep falls upon men, to save their souls from the pit and to seal their instruction. Job thirty-three, fourteen and 15. Alleluia. But in standing visions of the day, Father, we are asking for a miracle. We part the spiritual realm as the Red Sea above the lands of Oceania for safe passage for heaven's angels, heaven's resources, and heaven's power to flow freely to do thy will. Your will be done, Father God, on earth as it is in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. We praise you and we thank you for the authority that you have given us through the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Dear Heavenly Father, we hold up before you, symbolically, a golden cup of forgiveness. And we pray, Father God, that you will pour it out upon all of the peoples, the billions of peoples across all of the lands of Asia. Father God, from Kazakhstan to Uzbekistan, Father God, all the way through India. Billions, Father God, all the way across Pakistan in the name of Jesus. Father, Laos, Cambodia, Vietnam, Thailand, Mongolia, thank you, Jesus, Nepal, Russia, China, North and South Korea, Taiwan. Father, in the name of Jesus, Japan, Okinawa, the Philippines. Father, we pray that you will pour out a golden bowl of forgiveness upon all of the peoples of those lands in the name of Jesus. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. We part the spiritual realm as the Red Sea about the lands of Asia. In Jesus' name, for safe passage for heaven's angels, heaven's resources, and heaven's power to move freely and unhindered into those lands. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And as your servant Nehemiah did in chapter 1, verse 6, Daniel and nine twenty-five, we confess of the sins of the peoples of the lands of Asia. We confess of the sins of their first fathers and their fathers' fathers until before there was time. We break all yokes of bondage. We renounce all things spoken of in the darkness against them. We break all generational and bloodline curses throughout every branch of their family trees until before there was time. In Jesus' name principalities powers and strongholds spiritual host of wickedness and rulers of darkness in high places all across the lands of Asia we come against you in the name of Jesus Christ we decree fire swords of cherubim to be shot down from the heavens and to cut you into pieces we declare fire of God to launch down from the glory pillar and to burn you into horrific screams of agony making a public spectacle of you thereof across all of the demonic ether in Jesus name Hallelujah. and we declare in the mighty name of of Jesus Christ, any entity of the darkness, live or dead human spirit, anything that cannot call Jesus Christ its Lord and Savior, demons of darkness, strong men, come out of the peoples of the lands of uh, Asia in Jesus' name, now, we have loosed your legal rights to attack them, we have loosed your legal rights to touch them, get out, in Jesus' name we command it, come forth, we declare the Hundreds of trillions of legions of warrior angels and archangels to descend upon thee and to strike you, death-blind and dumb, place you under arrest and cast you into the pit. We declare the fire of God to weld the pit shut. We declare the fire of God to permeate the pit and to burn you into screaming agony. We have come to punish you before your time in Jesus' name. We plead the blood of Jesus to seal the pit. For only you, Lord, can break those seals. We decree in Jesus' name, the holy fire of God, thorny hedge of protection, and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to encapsulate all of the peoples of the lands of Asia, even if but for a time, Father. Hallelujah. Your will be done. Let nothing unclean re-enter the clean-swept house. We declare the abundant grace of God, the living water, the crystal river to flow deep into the the seeds of these prayers. These prayers will bear fruit. The fruit will remain in accordance with John 15, 16, which we bind before the courts of heaven on behalf of all of the lost peoples of the lands of Asia in Jesus' name. Father, we plead, send down an innumerable company of angels of light and love in Jesus, the presence of the Lord Jesus in to their dreams and their visions and their open and standing visions of the day. Miracles, Father God, we call down across all of those lands to open their eyes and to give them the hope that we all have, knowing He who loves our soul and theirs as well. Your will be done, Father, on earth as it is in heaven. Lord Jesus, we pray that you will call each of them by their name and their native tongue. Lift your hand of compassion to those who are forever searching and never finding. So they find. To you, Father, be all the glory, power, dominion forever and ever. Amen. God bless you all.
2: Lord, we come to you with repentant hearts. We seek you with all our minds. Sinners at the mercy of grace, redeemed we are. By your embrace, Praise his holy name Yes, you
3: my Savior
2: Praise the King of kings When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you We will endure Until you come back For your bride To set her free Write our names In your book of life We are cleansed Through your holy sacrifice As we lift your name on high Renew our mind, renew our soul. Remove the scars from our past and deem us righteous. We rebuke all deceptive lies. When will your coming be? When will your trumpets sound for me? Till then we will end your we are the branches on the living tree When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Until you come back for your bride to set her free Watch us as we trim our wicks Our lamps are full Our hearts are right Like those five white virgins we will be Your bride awaits thee
3: patiently
2: Longing for that blessed sound that will rise. The judges gather. We're praying that we're worthy, Lord, to join our